This is Essential. 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 This is Essential Audio. Hello and welcome to the Warp Podcast. My name's David Tillman, and today we are talking about how digital brands grow. Listeners to the Warp Podcast will be very familiar with the laws of growth. Uh, put forward by uh, the Ehrenberg Bass Institute and, and, and others over the years. And a question we're often asked at Walk is, well, how do these laws apply to uh, what you might call new economy brands, you know, brands that have started or scaled up in a digital economy? What do they mean for businesses that rely on subscriptions or recurring revenue models or what we might call ecosystem brands? A new piece on Walk looks at this. Uh, it's by Tom Morton, Global Chief Strategy Officer at RGA. And Tom is with us on the Walk podcast to discuss some of the things he's found and where he'd like the sort of discussion around uh, the laws of growth to go next. So, Tom, welcome to the Walk podcast. I'd like to start by asking you why you were so keen to do this research. Well, I was trying to reconcile two of the biggest forces in branding. And these are two forces that really affect uh, the work that I do and a lot of strategists do. So how brands grow is probably the most powerful and most uh, commonly used new piece of intellectual property that we've had in the brand building world in the last 10 years. Um, but at the same time, the other big phenomenon that's really reshaped marketing in the last decade is the digitization of brands and brand building. So the world's most valuable brands now are born or built from software and the internet. We know most customer experiences are digitized, and we know that digital channels are really dominating advertiser spend and audience attention. And how brands grow and the Ehrenberg Bass Institute's laws of growth, they really suggest like there's a universal pattern. But the reference points in the work are much more established. There's probably more toothpaste and supermarkets than there are streaming services and social networks and how brands grow. And so the defining brand theory and the defining brands of the last decade seem to live in a different world. And this just felt like a gap that needed filling. And I have to, I have to declare an interest here. So I work for RGA. Most of my company's work is with digital brands like Amazon, Google, Instagram, Reddit, Spotify. And there's just not the same body of knowledge, whether that's case studies or scholarship for these kind of brands. We're in this strange situation uh, where the growth comes from Google and Tesla and the knowledge comes from Coke and Kellogg's. And so we have How Brands Grow, which is this brilliant account of a general pattern of buying. But it feels like it just had less to say about startups that are scaling or uh, the growth possibilities uh, for brands that have product ecosystems or recurring revenue. And I really wanted to see um, how we could reconcile the two and whether there's something we could learn from the empirical data around the growth of big digital internet brands. I think it's a really interesting point you make about where growth is coming from in in the marketing industry. So we... we um ran at the end of last year a, a analysis of where we expected advertising investment growth to come over the next few years and it it is true that the the biggest and fastest growing product sectors are not in your classic uh fmcg food even auto 
Uh, It's things like energy, utilities, technology, electronics. One amazing finding from a piece of work we've we've recently done is that eight tech brands represent 6% of total global advertising investment and 10% of its growth. So it does feel like the industry is changing quite quickly. Um, But you use the term digital brand quite a lot. And I wonder if you could just explain what you mean by that, because I love, you know, it's got the potential to cover a a multitude of sins there. Yeah. So let's begin with some kind of disambiguation. And the closest, uh, I guess the closest definition to digital brands is brands that are built from or distributed on the internet and that are creating value through the internet and through software. And so that could include um, a technology brand like Google, a media brand like Spotify, a marketplace like Airbnb, a retailer like uh, Amazon, and maybe even some physical products like um, like Apple and Peloton, where so much of the value is coming from uh, from their connected nature and from like internet enabled services on the products. I know um, Thinkbox talks about internet brands as their reference point, which is um, is similar, but I think that leans more towards online retailers and like the successors to dot coms they're an interesting data set because they include both companies that are like at a startup phase and also the biggest most valuable and highest penetration businesses and brands in the world so like if this was if this was physics within digital brands you'd have both like subatomic particles and the planetary sized objects Let's just explore some of the areas you looked at in the piece. Um, and I guess one of the, the biggest areas of focus was around uh, penetration versus loyalty and, and, and how we start to think about those concepts uh, with some of these digital brands. So can you just explain the way you approached that? Sure. So how brands grow lays down this pretty clear pattern of growth. It says that you can either grow through penetration, um, meaning more people buying your product, or loyalty, meaning a greater frequency of purchase. And um, it concludes that the biggest brands are big because of penetration. They just they just have more buyers. And it challenges the concept of loyalty in marketing because it says that basically loyalty comes from frequent purchase and that really frequency tends to be a function of penetration. Uh, bigger brands have better distribution. They're just easier to buy. And I think this is a kind of narrow definition of loyalty. It's, it's the equivalent of saying that the only form of loyalty is customers buying your toothpaste five times a year instead of four. And it's narrow because it just overlooks the way that digital brands create growth through um, higher revenue per customer. Uh, digital brands are often ecosystems where there's multiple products and services that you can get through your one account or that are somehow tethered to your main product. And um, in those situations, there's like a real advantage as a user to using multiple complementary products and where brand owners will find it way easier to introduce new products to the customer base. So just an example, take something like Apple. If you're an Apple customer, you could buy a laptop, a tablet, a mobile phone, a watch, earphones, uh, a subscription for your TV and your news. So you could be competing against um, HP, Samsung, Timex, Disney and the Washington Post and taking share of requirements from all of them. 
So how did you analyze analyze companies like this then with uh, different products that, as you say, can effectively competing in multiple sectors at once? So what I needed to find was um, a brand where there was publicly available data about the revenue and there was also publicly available data about the number of products they'd sold and the number of customers they had. And so I was looking at, um, at Apple and their publicly record, reported data and looking at Global Web Index, which is a pretty good global source of the number of customers, the number of product holders there are. And what I found was kind of remarkable because it actually went against the basic model of how brands grow. So let's do the numbers for a second. So Apple grew in revenue by 27% between the five years between 2016 and 2020. In 2016, it sold 308 million products and subscriptions to a total customer base of 855 million people. So that's 2016. Fast forward five years to 2020, Apple sold 1.06 billion products and subscriptions to a user base of 993 million people. So what that correlates to is they had a 16% increase in their customer base, but a 344% increase in unit sales. And so Apple really grew as a business in this time because the sales per customer increased three times over that five-year period. New products and services that were tied to an ecosystem were just expanding the possibility for that cross-ownership and customer value. And so using Byron Sharp's definition, this shows that the world's biggest brand is growing much more by loyalty than by penetration. Now, some of this is going to be in the uh, in the definition, isn't it? Because uh, I guess what you could say is they're driving penetration of different products within their portfolio, but they're doing so by cross-selling to existing Apple customers. Is that is that what we're saying? They, they, yeah, they, they are. Yeah, they are largely cross-selling to existing Apple customers. Obviously, you know, new people have come into have have come into the franchise. We, we we can see that in the data. But overwhelmingly, the success is they're selling more products to the same people. And in how brands grow, uh, it's very skeptical about the ability to sell more products. Uh, it, it's full of stories of financial service companies, banks that completely fail to cross-sell insurance and credit cards because uh, according to this law of gravity, people are naturally light buyers and, um, and most, most attempts to sell more stuff to the existing group of people fail. But here we have the world's largest brands, you know, the world's largest, most successful brand growing overwhelmingly because it's selling, it's found a way to sell more products to the same people. By, by Sharp's definition, it is growing via loyalty. And this is why I think we, we need to like really redefine what, what we mean by, lo- by loyalty and like what are, what are the possibilities here? Because there is this new, there's this new model, which is not if only our customer would buy, pick up an extra tube of toothpaste every time they went to the supermarket. The new model is can we add something into the ecosystem that just creates more value and creates more occasion for, uh, for our customer? For a brand like Apple which does spend a lot of money on marketing, what then is the role of advertising? Uh, How does that fit in with its various levers of growth? So the role of advertising for a huge ecosystem company like Apple becomes, a lot of it becomes about about humanising the brand. 
it becomes about showing the the best sides of the uh, of the organization just showing the the most positive possibilities that um that that are contained in in the products it plays a it plays you know, a, a really a, a really big role in just softening and, and, and creating that kind of emotional resonance. Also, at the same time, what a lot of these ecosystem brands have is they have the ability to push new products onto the home screen. If you're if you're Google if you're Google or your Amazon or uh, or your Uber, something shows up on the app or the home screen, and you have this way of reaching people and getting people naturally using a new product very rapidly. We're talking about how digital brands grow, and we have to sort of recognize what the levers of growth are here. Like the, a lever of growth for Apple is 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 not just whether it's spending enough money on marketing beyond its uh, share of market, if you like, share of voice mm-hmm. and a share of market. It's yep. about its ability to build additional products that it can push within within this ecosystem. So I guess what we're seeing is. Uh, a slightly different approach to growth where advertising certainly plays a role, but it, it's not sort of front and center, if you like, compared with some of the other areas that a company is working on. Well, it's not front and center because the buyer behavior isn't static. It's not like the only variable is how many tubes and cans do you buy in the supermarket. Uh, there's there's just a lot of other ways that brands can you know can, can layer on value. So in the case of Apple, you can and Amazon, you can add more products to the ecosystem. In the case of say Instagram, you can make the product stickier. You can monetize it better, especially through commerce. So you could create a growth pattern where uh, let's say in Instagram, the, the the number of users in the last five years has gone up by about sixty percent. The revenue per user has gone up by six times, and that's because the, the 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 product and the monetizability of that product is changing. These are just different levers of growth, different levers of mass market growth that don't just involve more um, more light buyers occasionally picking you up. Okay, so let's move on to the next. Uh, sort of point you make in the uh, in the piece, which is around the how the role of advertising and marketing changes uh, over the course of a company life cycle. Could you explain a little bit more about that? Sure. So we're now seeing a lot of these digital brands where you might go from being very new and you're trying to establish yourself into being like one of the biggest companies in the world. And I think this this therefore creates a almost like a a life cycle model that's worth exploring, where you may need in the early stages to be doing more targeted marketing just because your audience and your your, your ability to serve is naturally constrained. Then there's a, a period where you need to be doing much more mass market communication because you can then roll out that you're capable of rolling out your product and service to everyone. And then there's like a next gener- next level layer of maturity where you may well be using your advertising to soften the brand and build emotional connection. But the real marketing engine is you're layering on products and services and use cases into the ecosystem of the product. Yeah, that's really interesting. Is that I think I think we're seeing a lot more discussion now around uh, what it takes to scale a small company and then how you transition from that sort of startup phase into a scale up and then into a into a mature brand phase 
and, and I guess from your point of view, we're going to see more of this as as more uh, as this sort of digital economy takes off, and there's more tech brands uh, uh, sort of in the mix trying to trying to achieve this sort of traction. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I think we really need to recognise it as a legitimate stage that brands are at. Because otherwise you end up with this kind of dialogue of the deaf where you have you have like the boosters of growth hacking who um, will tell you that performance marketing and um, and like growth hacking ta- tactics are the only way to uh, to grow a brand and then a group you know, a group of traditionalists who are wedded to um, you know, who are only seeing the world in terms of like mass market brands mass market media who might you know, and I think both sides are simply failing to recognise that this is a it's a legit stage of growth, and I think it's one of the most positive signs of evolution where you see organisations like Thinkbox are working really hard to um, to educate uh, you know, digitally native brands about like what it's like to take the first step into into TV advertising. And again, that's not about maturity or becoming a proper marketer. That's simply about you know, now being at a stage of maturity where you need a certain degree of reach. Actually, you 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 talk about Thinkbox, who obviously in the UK do a lot of work to promote television advertising. But I guess a final point you make in the piece is around some of our assumptions about the role different channels play, and whether whether the sort of industry narrative has kept up with with the reality of the digital economy. Uh, you just talk a little bit about that. Well, I think the industry narrative absolutely hasn't kept up. With, uh, with the reality of what digital marketing can mean. Um, I think what, what, what's happening right now is the how brands grow theory is warping into this proxy argument um, for TV advertising and against digital advertising. There was a story a couple of years ago where um, Adidas's head of media said that the brand was going to switch away from performance marketing towards brand building activity. And the marketing press reported it as a, quote, overinvestment in digital. And this ends up really pigeonholing digital media as being a lower funnel thing. Um, the truth is you know, digital media is now the lead media in advertising um, globally. It's probably about two thirds of, um, of, of global marketing spend. And you know, at least in America, um, people have spent more time with digital media than traditional media you know, every year for the last four years. And the truth is that today's digital media has broad reach and it's capable of delivering really big and emotionally engaging impact for brands. Um, I'll give you one mind-blowing example. So Samsung promotes its uh, Galaxy handsets uh, through TikTok challenges as much as through um, TV spots. And these challenges reach like 16 billion view counts. It's insane. Um, We've seen examples of, uh, in the US, of Verizon uh, recently decided to uh, to communicate the Super Bowl by building a virtual stadium in Fortnite, and it attracted forty million fan visits. Like the scale, the scale that you can get in platforms, and the like emotional storytelling, um, you know, customer connection role that it can play, is very different from this model that assumes that like all all mass reach and emotional work is being done in TV, and um, and that digital advertising is like a, a like a hyper targeted niche bottom of the funnel type thing, um, and I think really you know, if we really want to update the context of how brands grow and you know, our media vocabulary, like the argument for mass reach emotionally engaging advertising is very powerful, but it absolutely needs to include digital activity because that's what's possible now. That's certainly 
aligns with a lot of the uh, the research we've we've been doing over the past couple of years. But I guess just as a counterpoint to that, um, we are seeing a lot of digital brands moving into TV. I mean, you, you cited the ThinkBox uh, data earlier, and both in the UK and the US, these are, are now a serious force in terms of television. So TV still plays a role here, yeah? I mean, we're not just ruling out those sorts of channels but are you arguing for a bit sort of a better understanding of what what different channels do i think i'm arguing for a more ecumenical approach um tv is still an extraordinary way of achieving mass reach and there's a very good reason why google and amazon are such big tv advertisers i think what, what, I'm, what I'm arguing for is just opening um the aperture to recognize that you can also do mass reach storytelling and emotionally led connection on big digital platforms. I just want to break this false binary that says um, emotional reach is television and uh, lower funnels hyper-targeting is digital. I think that's something that new economy brands uh, recognize. And you can see that you know, that's why they're, they're high investors in both of those spaces. So you started off the the podcast and, and indeed when we first talked about this research uh, a, a few months ago by saying you wanted to investigate how uh, some of the laws of growth stood up to to digital brands having looked at this now uh and, and done the research i guess what's your overall conclusion we're not we're not trying to overturn the laws of growth here are we but what's what's your takeaway sure so my, my takeaway from this is that ultimately digital brands have a freedom of movement that how brands grow doesn't recognize they're just less dependent on replenishment buying than packaged goods their offering is more elastic. And really, I think if we're going to have a general theory of brand growth, it needs to encompass the power of ecosystems, the power of product innovation to drive customer growth. Um, I think we need to have a model that recognizes where companies are in their life cycle and understanding there might be a necessity for targeted growth in the, in the early stages. And finally, I think we need a general theory that acknowledges the, the potential of digital media to drive reach and emotional connection. So where do you want to see the discussion go next then? I'd like the discussion to open up the topic of what is the general theory of how digital brands grow? We, we have to dig ourselves out of this world where the only reference points we have are around uh, TV campaigns or the, the growth patterns of, um, of shampoos and cereal packets. Um, I think we, this isn't about overturning how brands grow. It's just opening our eyes to like the empirical reality of how digital brands are growing and, and starting to treat the growth of digital brands and uh, the habits of digital marketers as being as legitimate as those of TV buyers and packaged goods marketers. Because then we'll have a true unified model and we'll have like a perspective that can serve all of today's marketers. Thank you, Tom. Well, Walk subscribers can read the full piece on walk.com. And please do, if you don't already, subscribe to the Walk podcast on your favourite podcasting platform. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>